Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the CJJC Show. Embrace the controversy. Stay for the biased takes. After a week off, and definitely not because of superstitions, the guys are back with an all-NBA breakdown with a recap of the semi-round and how everything is going in the conference finals. Let's just say it's great vibes on the podcast as we even shed some light on the Spurs landing Webb and Yama. So sit back, have some nugs ready, and enjoy the show. Just immaculate vibes today, man. Immaculate. All right, Jalen. After a long hiatus, we are back on a all-time victory lap on a glorious, beautiful Tuesday afternoon where the Denver Nuggets have advanced to the NBA Finals for the first time in history. They sweep the Lakers. They beat the Bully. And the other series is about wrapped up, too. So much has happened since we last talked. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, and we haven't talked because of superstition, you know, for every for all the folks out there. Part of the reason. You know, <laughs> might be part of the reason, but hey, we made it, you know. If this that might have worked, superstition may have worked. Um, but man, what a time, right? What a time for uh just to be in Colorado and everything besides the Canadian wildfire smoke covering the skies and Denver being attacked by moths. Um Still, you know, <laughs> down here in the Springs, it's pretty good. So we're doing pretty good, man. And it's just uh, it's new. It's definitely unique over here. It's definitely a new uh, new feeling. Yeah, this is un- un- unprecedented. The Nuggets have, you know, they've never been the, the team in Denver. Obviously, the Broncos have been what everyone hypes up. They've never had a run like this. And here they are. They have the best player in the world who I think is cementing himself. If he wins this title, I think he takes, he gets to have that crown. I'm sure it's glorious there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm betting you sit nice and comfortable. I have some fun takes about the nuggets that we can get into, or at least one fun take right now that I can definitely tell you that will definitely get you wrapped up for a while. I want to see how you feel about it. Probably a little bit too high to call it out, but who knows? (laughs) um man yeah but outside of the nuggets dude it's uh and talk about all these other teams the east has just been completely one-sided as well you know when we last we checked we thought this was going to be a definitely not the way we thought it was going to go for sure in this series um that's the one way to put it because i think when we were recording uh yeah that was just way back when man it's like right before the game started like right before the conference finals right that thursday yeah so it's a we it's been crazy how the that developed right the season the heat what are your thoughts on them and the heat 3-0 yeah i mean i definitely did not see that coming with miami um and we can get more into later but yeah the miami thing i i mean hey i thought they were done this year they were the eighth seed i hand up i did not see this run them making another crazy run like this and this team that has been so underwhelming all year. These other players have all stepped up and been awesome. Um, the the Spolstra Missoula thing, we both said, I know we said that was going to be an issue, and that was the thing why we thought it'd be a tough series. But I still thought Boston would win, even though because they're more talented. It is no, the Heat have destroyed them, they've been dominant. Uh, they're probably gonna sweep them tonight and get everyone a nice long rest before the finals. So yeah, I did not see that coming. The Heat, 
I mean, that's just, you can never count them out. That's what I've learned from this. I'm done. I was all, we were both sold all our heat stock going into this year. We looked right all year and then they do this. So I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just never going to count out the heat anymore. I've learned my lesson. I mean, yeah, they've been to a consecutive conference finals since they've had Jimmy Butler. Um, I want to spin this for though, Colby in a fun way for the Celtics. Okay. What if they do get this one and it's a sound victory. You know, would that at least get you a little deterred off of the heat? Like, oh, snap, this is the heat that we've seen before the playoffs and during the play-in, you know, where they were struggling against the Bulls and lost to the Hawks. Like, the Celtics, like you said, they have that talent. I'm not saying they're going to pull this off, but would it at least give you a little bit of a conflict, a little conflicting uh, feelings going in if they come in, if they come into game four, win it soundly? Um, you mean like a little bit more confident than like the Nuggets going up against Miami in the next round or that Boston could actually like come back and be the first team ever? Yeah, that one, the second one, the fun no, one. No, no, that's not happening. Even if they won tonight by 40, I would still say that's incredibly unlikely. Um, it'd be nice to get the series extended, you know, make the heat sweat a little bit more uh, before they play the Nuggets. But no, I don't, I don't see that happening. Um, I do think... It's going to be such really? a finals. Uh, we'll get into it. But, I mean, I do feel okay. I obviously don't want to disrespect Heat. They're obviously dangerous. I still feel I feel pretty good about the matchup with the Nuggets. Um, mostly because just, like, one, Boston is kind of a weird already, even prior to this series, even though they've made the run that they had, has some weird chemistry stuff that the Nuggets don't have that the Heat have clearly exploited. And obviously, like, the coaching disparity. Spolster's obviously a better coach than Malone. Don't get me wrong. But it's obviously not nearly the gap that it is between him and Missoula. Um, the fact that they have to come to altitude this time. And I don't know. Just from what I've seen with the Nuggets, I, I don't think they would kind of collapse in the way the Celtics have. So I feel pretty good about that matchup overall. Um, but no, the Celtics have no chance, even if they win tonight. Wow. Wow. No chance. I think they got, I think if they win one here, they can win another. That's the thing. I don't think they can win three in a row or four in a row, but I definitely think they can sweat it out. I think they can sweat it out for the Nuggets. That's why I asked you that. I was wondering if you think they can make a sweat, but um, man, it's very disappointing. I, I It's very disappointing to talk about the Celtics um, and what the superstar duo, they got a lot going into free agency, Colby. Uh, I have a fun take about Jalen Brown. I think he should go to the school of snakes, um, and really pick up the great art of snakery and just go ahead and join the heat after the, after this offseason. Wow. I mean, pull Kevin Durant, go pull Kevin Durant and join the heat. Um, wow. I mean, that would be crazy. That'd be sad to see. Cause then the heat would be real for him. I, I don't see that Mo mostly just cause he's not a free agent. Like, the thing is, this summer, like, Boston has to decide whether to give him the crazy max extension, which will just, like, be an insane amount of money for him and Tatum when Tatum gets his the year after. Um, but, no, just because, like, unless he, like, actually hits free agency, and then I guess it could be possible next year. But Boston would not trade him to Miami. Um, so that's the thing. Like, it is fascinating to see if he – they do look at trading him. I don't know that they have to, but they might. I doubt it. That would be wild, though, if you went to the Heat. I know. I mean, like I said, it's just the school of snakes, Colby. It's just a fun take to have. Um, 
And, and I think it would also just, it would add on to this Heat team to where it would almost be like almost unquestionable that they have a good, what, power three at this point? Yeah, for sure. So, or at that point they would, but. I, I don't even know though, like, does the Heat want to do that at this point though? Because it seems like this is like, as far as at least Jimmy, I don't know that maybe the Heat would, I don't know. Do you think Jimmy Butler would even want that? Because I feel like clearly what we've seen, like Jimmy Butler's best has been when he's the guy and like there's no real other like Bam is kind of a star, but like he's never had another like big star beside him. Like Jalen Brown would be better than more of a high level player, I feel like, than anyone. Bam is pretty good, but just because of the position he plays, I don't know. I feel like that could be kind of weird. So I don't even know that Heat would do that. Maybe they would. I might, I mean, it'd be pretty incredible if it worked. <laughs> It's an interesting take, Colby. It's just a fun one to keep in mind for when uh, when one when of these teams hit the offseason here in the next couple of games. Yeah, no, the Boston stuff is fascinating what they're going to do because, like, I'm sure they'll probably try to fire the coach. This guy, kind of feel bad for him almost because he was. It's not like he was, like, hired. Like, he was thrown into this, and he clearly was not ready. Um, all their main assistants from last year got poached. So I don't know. I don't know. If, would you, if you were the Celtics, let me spin it the other way for you. Spin a take off of that. Flip it the other way. If you were the Celtics, you talk about Jalen Brown being a, sn- a snake. If you were the Celtics, would you break up the Tatum-Brown duo, try to trade Brown and kind of retool the team around Tatum? Or would you kind of stand pat, try to move the other pieces and just change the coach? I mean, what would you do if you're the Celtics? I mean, I feel like a lot of people are screaming, change the coach, just because of what the coaching market looks like right now. I mean, there's a lot of good names out there, you know, that can easily come in and probably patch things up. Um, But man, if you're asking me which one, they they both of those things, when you say it out loud back to me, it does sound pretty messed up what the Celtics are going to have to do here. Either way, they're going to come out as assholes, but that's Boston for you, right? Um. I'm gonna go ahead and lean towards uh leans towards still probably oh man, they just got a lot of team players. If anything, I would probably keep the two guys and retool around them at least. Like I'd have to go ahead and start considering like tossing out Horford, maybe some other guys. I don't know who, but and didn't whatever they had this year didn't work, you know? And it didn't work last year, even though yes, they did make the finals. It didn't work last year. You still didn't win. So I would still say probably go if you're going to keep the two guys, which I would probably lean more towards and everything, and maybe even keep Missoula because he is an offensive minded guy. So maybe go ahead and give him the chance to see what he wants to bring in. But I don't know. I think they would probably, I feel like they might take the approach though of keeping both Tatum and Brown and then just trying to reshop everything else around him. That's why I feel like might happen. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. I would probably fire Missoula, though, even though I said I do feel bad for him and maybe he could be a good coach someday. I would still get rid of him just because I, even if it's not someone great, like, because clearly the team doesn't really respect him is the thing. Feels yeah. bad to say that, but like, clearly they don't buy into him as their coach versus look at like, and, and this will be a good way, we'll spin it back to the Nuggets in a second, but like, look at the Nuggets and how they, Mike Malone, they are completely bought into Mike Malone. Like they listen to what he says. They like they've been with him for eight years. Yeah, he's been been with him for eight years. 
as much as I'm saying fire the coach, I do think the finals, one of the best tweets I saw, I can't remember who I saw from today, so apologies, but someone was like, just randomly on Twitter, was like, what's the biggest lesson to learn from the Nuggets and Heat finals? And it was like, literally the opposite of what's happening right now with everyone firing their coaches. Like, maybe be patient with your coaches. Eric Spolstra, 15 years he's been the coach. Mike Malone, is this like his eighth or ninth year that he's yeah, been eighth. So give them time. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, so build them time to get an actual culture. But yeah, I agree with you. I went off the wall there. But I agree with you. I would probably try to keep... I would probably try to move smart, definitely. Um, even though he's a good defender, he's kind of on the decline, it seems like, as a player. I would probably keep Brogdon. I really like Brogdon. Um, but yeah, overall, I would just try to keep them both and shift the pieces around him. But if someone makes you a crazy offer for Jalen Brown, like you have to at least think about it. It has to be a pretty good offer, though. Yeah, it has to be a good offer because now you have to also think of, well, Tatum's main flaw is that he doesn't show up in big games, so you need somebody to show up in big games for you. So you have to make sure they're consistent. And it's going to be interesting who they're going to who they're going to have to go out there to get for that consistent piece. Would it be Indiana? You know, would they have to I mean, would they go and try and talk to them maybe for Halliburton or something? Oh, I don't think Indiana would do that. I wouldn't trade if yeah, if Indiana will do that, sure. I don't think I wouldn't trade Halliburton for Jalen Brown if I was the Pacers. Maybe I'm biased because he's a clone, but I mean <laughs> Halliburton's sweet, he's young. I mean, I I understand why you're you're hype about him. He was in the three point contest. I know. Trust me. We still talk about the all star break here. Like um a- man. No, yeah, talk, speaking of which, no, I'm just kidding. Uh speaking of which though, Aaron Gordon making it to the finals, another what is it, a magic player? Yeah, that was former, number, that was like a big star there. So I'm starting to believe in Paulo is the theme here of this take is I think Paulo might have success outside of Orlando now. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to believe that. <laughs> okay, I don't know. <laughs> Aaron Gordon, first of all, I love Aaron Gordon. He has been crucial to this run, obviously. Paulo is yeah. already better than Aaron Gordon. At night, oh, I, I didn't see Paulo pop off in the All Star break like uh, Aaron Gordon has in past. Aaron, okay, he won the dunk contest. Sure, yeah, Aaron Gordon's awesome. I love him. He has been the Nuggets are not here without him. That is, he's a crucial piece of this team. But there is a difference between being Aaron Gordon and being like the best player on on your team. Pa- Paulo is a legitimate, going to be a legitimate number one player. Like Paulo, be able to I, the Magic will be in the playoffs next year. You can take that to the bank right now. They'll be in the playoffs right next year. And Someone's I, just too hype on Franz Wagner as well. I feel like Franz Wagner's good. He he's the he's Robin. He, he maybe you could eventually use a better Robin, sure. But like in the East, with some of these teams you see down there at the lower playoff seeds in the East, like you got the Juggernauts, the Heat, the Celtics, Milwaukee. Who knows what Philly's gonna do? Like other than that, the Knicks, yeah, they're good. But like other than that, that still leaves like three playoff spots. Cleveland, they'll be in it. But like those six, seven, eight, the Magic will get one of those. You think so? I mean, they got the play in game, man. That's going to make it all interesting. Yeah, I think, I mean, they'll definitely be in the play. And I think they'll be in the playoffs. Like, uh, they're going to continue to improve, man. Paolo's a dog. Paolo's a dog. <laughs> that was just the fun take that I had because uh, just speaking of Aaron Gordon and teams that are part of that just championship approach, you know, as the Heat are getting ready. I just, it's crazy how this all panned out. And now here we are. The craziest part, I think, about it, Colby, 
when you mention it at the beginning, it's going to be the fact that the Nuggets finally get past the Lakers. They sweep them. And not only that, it's LeBron. Jokic said it on after game three. LeBron can do anything. That's why we're concerned. He's not scared. He was concerned. And, uh, man, it, it happened. I can't believe it actually swept. It was hype to watch. Man, we were we were cheering. We were hollering here in the house, It was here in Colorado. It was awesome. It was good vibes. So, Colby, let's talk about the Lakers. Since we have finally gotten to the point where we can finally put this ship away for a while in the offseason, and everyone, as, as I'm watching an ESPN show, sadly, I'm, pardon the interruption, I thought they would do better. Um, they spent their first five minutes talking about the Lakers. Everyone so. spent all day talking about the Lakers, yeah. Can, can we talk more about the Nuggets so they get back to the Lakers? Um, <laughs> yeah, mean- for real. That's how it's been all day. Is, can we can we get back to them? Can we get back to them? Like, sure, I guess. But we got nine whole – they're going to be forced to talk them all about nine whole days, so – that's true. <laughs> what else is it? What else are they going to talk about? Are they actually going to finally talk about hockey? Is that's what's going to happen? Are you actually going to see Stephen A. talk about hockey? <laughs> like, is that what's going to happen? They're going to talk about baseball. So about, I'm telling you, they're already there. You're talking about Aaron Rodgers at practice. <laughs> oh, he got hurt. Yeah, that was the big spin. He got hurt. Yeah, he pulled his calf or something like that. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to be fine. <laughs> but like. <laughs> Yeah, that's what they're going to talk about. Every slight injury that happens at people's practices, be on the lookout, folks. They're coming for you. Um, <laughs> gosh. And the Lakers out, though, Cole. They're talking about LeBron's retirement. That's just how you got – that's how badly you guys beat him down. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the Lakers right now? Let's yeah, just go ahead and start with that. The games were great. My right. little monologue. <laughs> we'll do the Lakers and then – I want to finish my nugget stuff before we get into the other topics. Um, okay. So yeah, the LeBron retirement stuff. I mean, it's, I guess not shocking. Um, I don't think he's going to retire. I highly doubt it, but he is probably going to have foot about a foot surgery. So yeah, it's whatever. It's dumb noise. I doubt he's going to retire. It was probably just like, he was probably like, I mean, they really thought they, they were going to win this year. I'm sure he thought they were going to win. That's why he's playing through his injury and, they clearly just – the Nuggets were just better than them. Um, so I doubt he retires. I'm sure he'll decide to come back. I do think – my biggest takeaway from that part of it, um, and some people have mentioned it today on TV and stuff, but um, the whole – like the, the thing it does make me think about as far as him playing with Bronny, um, I kind of wonder, like, does Bronny maybe, like, not want that? Because now LeBron has kind of said some things recently – that if downplays like just because that's my dream, that doesn't mean that's what he wants. So that's like sort of what's best for him. That's I'm paraphrasing, but so that part to me is interesting, and I guess it kind of makes sense if Bronny is actually good enough to be in the NBA on his own merits, which I think he will be. Um, at least like a role play. I don't expect him to be like a great player or anything, obviously, but like at least a guy who who will get drafted. And I also think yeah, he'll be. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no, you're good. I was gonna say. The last thing on that, like, I definitely think he'll be in, he'll play in the league at some point, but I do think he probably would benefit from a couple years of college. Like, I don't think, is he going to be an effective one and one? Because his biggest thing, I have, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend I've watched Piranha a ton. I don't watch high school basketball really. Other than in this year. Yeah. Um, we were forced to, though. We were, we were, we, we, we watched some high school basketball before. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, other than local high school basketball, I don't watch, I don't, I've never really watched a full, I've seen Piranha like some of his highlights. I've seen him playing snippets and stuff. But um, the only thing is, like, he's a great player. He is only like 6'2, though. 
so that's kind of if to be not a huge guard, like he's gonna have to be really good. And I think he's a good shooter. I don't know if he's gonna be like an elite volume level NBA shooter. Um, so that part to me is interesting. Yeah, I, I've always had my hesitations personally about Bronny. Um he's he had those hype moments and everything just because he's he has the build, I think, just not the height, like you said. Just doesn't have the height. And you I I've just seen on my on my feed at times of people just critiquing LeBron and just seeing his high school rankings. I think he's not even that really high up nationally in the rankings either. He's in the top 50, but which is, don't get me wrong, really good. But I mean, considered to like some of the prospects that are above him that give you those hesitations, like you said, Colby and everything. Um, do I think he'll be an NBA player? Yes. I think, it, I think I agree with you though. He's going to need time. And I think, does he want it though? I feel like it would be cool if he played with his dad. But I think LeBron, I think it's the other way around. I think LeBron got more realistic on this approach. Like, yeah, it'd be cool if I can play with my son. But I feel like at this rate, it might be more realistic if he plays against him and everything. That would probably be a game that would be like advertised crazily. And we'll probably see Bronny get his start finally in that game or something like that. Uh, see, I don't know if LeBron would want to – does he want to play against Bronny? And, like, especially if Bronny's, like, a fringe trying to make his way in the league guy rotation. Like, LeBron is, like, so competitive. Is he going to want to go out there and, like, cook his son while his son's, like, battling? <laughs> what would LeBron around? be, though, at that point? That's the question. Yeah, you that's, know? and that's the other thing. If he's not going to play with him, like, is it worth it to wait around that long just to play against him? Maybe he's just like, all right, screw this. I'm going to just go retire and do my business and try to buy a team. But hey, that's some history stuff. And the only person that could pull that off would probably be him. You know? Like that'd be pretty dope. I that that that'd give I'd give him his flowers for holding strong on that end of things, but the, like stay I mean, he probably I wonder how much his production would be in the next upcoming seasons. I think it's still gonna be high next season for sure. Um but yeah, outside of that, I think uh Things gonna be interesting to see what LeBron goes through. I guess after the next season, I don't know how many times we've said that. You know, like even before this season, we were probably thinking, "Oh no, this is probably the one." I don't think so. We actually said that, but I think this is the first time we actually might start saying this a bunch. So, and I already think it's annoying. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be super annoying. You're right about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I'm not really looking forward to. And if this is, and the thing is, I wonder if he's gonna announce like this is my uh, farewell tour or something like that. We're going to have a whole season of just takes about LeBron. Like, all right, this is his last time playing against the Pacers. Let's remember all the times Lance Stevenson, (laughs) you know, stuff like that. Like this is the last time he's going to like that type of thing. So who knows? I hope he keeps it discreet, but at the same time, (laughs) who knows what they would do. Yeah. That's a good point. Oh, No, that's going to be interesting to see. But yeah, I do agree with you. It's going to be an, uh, super annoying how much it's probably going to drag out. Um, Okay. And then the only other thing I'll say on the Lakers before we get to the Nuggets' glorious rise, which is the bigger story, obviously. Um, I don't know that, like, as far as their team going into next season, like, they'll still be good. I, I think I hear people, some people on TV, people saying they should try to get Kyrie Irving. That, to me, is so dumb. That's crazy. That's so, so the Lakers, the biggest thing they should not do is like panic. They were, they, I mean, they made it the conference finals and they were a mess like the first half of the season. 
I would just mostly run it back. You probably changing out some of the pieces. I wouldn't bring back D'Angelo Russell. Great oh. lap for your wolves on D'Angelo Russell, by the way. Uh, man, man. I mean, he, he, that's what happens when you complain in paradise, man. He was living in paradise and he didn't even know it. And he was complaining. <laughs> that's what happens when you complain in paradise. You lose your best friend and now everyone hates you. Looks like you're going to the Clippers. Sounds sounds like someone I know. Yeah, that so that trade was uh pretty justified for you. And hey, by the way, Clippers, by the way. Shout out, yeah. Shout out to your wolves also. One more games against the Nuggets than the Lakers, than the mighty yes, Lakers. Did. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> Put up a better fight. Uh Colby, I hate that you said that because I did have a crazy a crazy spin take and you just got it. You got oh, it. Sorry, you ready? What if the Wolves actually managed to win that seven seed game? What if we actually managed to pull that off? We were the ones that had to go up against this crazy, uh, dramatic Grizzlies team. Round two, by the way, we would have seen them for the second time. So I guarantee you we would have had a chance with Rudy go with their no interior presence. I don't know. If we had to go to the Warriors. That would be the one game that I'd be questionable about. But after the way Clay played. You have not beat the Warriors because Sacramento. I don't know, man. I don't know the way they played. After the way they played, I'm just saying. I'm just Sacramento, saying. I also beat Sacramento. <laughs> I think no, we'd no. be stopped at the Warriors. I think they, we'd be stopped at the Warriors or Kings for sure. But yeah. man, for a part of me, for a moment there, I was definitely thinking the Wolves would have definitely made a better Western Conference Finals team than the Lakers. <laughs> but I think Colby, we. I think this though. All four of those games that you guys played against the Lakers, they were close and they all were pretty competitive yeah. for the most part. With the games with the Wolves, you guys pretty much blew us out for the first couple. I'm pretty first sure. game, yeah, Jokic didn't even like play the fourth quarter of the first yeah, game. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm pretty sure those were blowouts. So that, that, that that's the reality check of it, of course, folks. Uh, the Wolves did get blown out, not like the Lakers, but uh, yeah. yeah, we did at least win one. That is true. But I mean, it wasn't as a pressing a pressing issue as it was against you know playing against a Lakers team with LeBron, who can obviously if he gets going for one game, he's going to bring it to the next. It's not like that with Anthony Edwards, who brought it one game but couldn't bring it to Denver the next. So, yeah, no, you're you're right about that. Um, but man, it's a fun fun thing for you to have though over those vis- villainous Lakers for sure. Yeah. So, oh. Colby, you ready for this? I'm glad you just said that word. Now that we get to move on to your Nuggets, you ready? Yeah. Your Nuggets are going to become, I think, this is the take that I wanted to open up with. I think the Nuggets might be, they have the pieces to copy it, too. They're setting up to be almost like a Spurs dynasty, I think. Oh, I love that. And then remember, I'm glad that you said villainous. And I'm saying villainous because my wolves are in said conference. <laughs> my wolves are in said. That's the only reason why I'm saying villainous. <laughs> well, I mean, even though, even the Spurs, though, when they were a dynasty, I still never felt like they were really villains, even though they did win all the time and cook everybody. Like they're a small market. They did it the right way. They built through the draft. I do agree the parallels are there. Got to win this first one before I start saying dynasty, but I do like that take. If they get yep. this one, I could definitely see it. I don't know that they're going to get five. They're not going to get five like the Spurs. I'm thinking two. I'm thinking two yeah. at least. I, <laughs> I certainly think, especially with how things are looking in the West, um, the thing, LeBron fading. The thing about that, like, once LeBron, the Lakers, even if they do run it back and are really good next year, their window is not going to be open that much longer. The Warriors are fading. So 
from that side of it, yeah, the, the biggest threat really is probably the team as far as the next like three, four years would to me would probably be Sacramento, uh, the way they've looked because I expect them to continue improving. Well, if you're saying three or four years, I would say, and we'll get into this here probably in the next segment. It's going to be probably the team that gets Wemby. And then, you know, oh, that team can, is can't ignore whatever Anthony Edwards does in the next two years. The okay. other one would be okay. <laughs> he might be okay. out the door making a West team interesting. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. OKC as well. And no, OKC, that's actually the big OKC thing. Is OKC real, is a big okay, sleeper. Yeah, OKC, I'm sure, is going to be pretty good the next couple of years. They'll be definitely in the playoffs next year. Um, but, yeah, the pieces are there. I do like that take. And the Jokic, Tim Duncan – Obviously, they're not super similar as players, but just the humble foreign big comparison, which makes everyone better. Is For me, it's just they both are fundamentally just great basketball players. Jokic's fundamentals oh, yeah. are just in a different set than Greatest. Duncan's is, but they're both just – their fundamentals are just insane. Yeah, it's off the charts. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. No, I, I mean, I like that take. Yeah, you see, that's where the compare. – I'm liking that you're finally catching up to this comparison take, Colby. Oh, yeah. Let you join that dark side, and then you're going to be one of those. You know, you you remember all those Spurs fans? How they just be popping up like wild ants? That's what you're going to be. You be one of those Nuggets fans popping I, up I, like I, wild. There may ants not have been. I got to be completely honest with you here. There may have not been as many Spurs fans in Virginia as there were in Colorado. From what it's that actually makes sense. I don't that feel like I mean, Spurs. Yeah, like they were a great team, and there was a handful of people that were like, yeah, they liked the Spurs because they were really good, but. I never felt like there were tons of Spurs fans walking around. Maybe yeah. that's my area. I don't know. <laughs> they were out here. They were out here. I'll say yeah, that. It makes they sense. Were you are a lot closer to San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Maybe geographically closer. You are right. You are right. Especially oh. growing up in Colorado. Uh, <laughs> but I also got to believe, like I said, the only team that can right now, like those are great takes. The great thing about that take is who can challenge them? You know, who would be up there to challenge the Nuggets after this? If they do win it, that's the key thing. Like you, like you said, they have to win it first for this to even be true. They have to <laughs> win it first. Like we don't, even, we, we got to see what the Heat bring. We got to see the Celtics win the next four. I mean, you know, Celtics are not going to win the next four. <laughs> Stop them. You never know. If they win. They just need one. They just need one. You saw their tweets. That's not true, though. They need you four. You saw their tweets today. You saw their tweets today. Don't give us one. Yeah, that Don't gives me more win. confidence in Miami that the Celtics are, t- are saying that. <laughs> I should be the coach of the Celtics, if anything, after oh, the way Missoula has been coaching. I should be over there. Just I can amp up some guys. I'm going to be like, guys, we just need one. We just need one. <laughs> Okay. All um, right. I don't know any adjustments. This is what the assistant coaches are for, right? No. They, they, they're supposed to help with that, but you have to do it too. Anyways. <laughs> All right. Can we go through the Nuggets stuff here? My final thoughts. And we got about five minutes on this. <sighs> yeah, you got it, man. You got it. Um, okay. <laughs> this, this was an amazing ride. The games, as you said, were it was a close sweep, uh, but the Nuggets were better down the stretch. That game last night was – Thrilling, awesome way to seal the sweep, to not let him back in. Um, there were so many awesome moments. So many is Jokic was incredible to me. He's put his staple on being the best player in the world. I think just because it's offensively, you always know what you're gonna get. The biggest thing I want to start with, actually, though, I have to and it's not the guy who's getting the most credit or who even deserves the most credit, but just because I, as you've heard me talk. Long time, not lifelong, not lifelong, but since I started watching basketball, well, Nuggets fan, since like fourth grade, Nuggets fan. 
Yes, um, I got to get my for us, right. We were both. That's baby blues for us. Yeah, that was the towards the end of the mellow era is when yeah. I became a fan. But and then I stuck with him oh. after he left instead of going to the Knicks like some fans did. Yeah, actually, you got on at the wrong time. You got through during the the dark era. It was like right after the conference finals run, uh, right around the conference, the the '09 Mellow team was right around that. Um, so yeah, I have to give my props as someone who's talked about it a lot. I've always said about Mike Malone. I I've always said I've always liked him. I've never really loved him. He's at times there have been moments where he's left some things to be desired for me. That, I thought, was the best Mike Malone series, coaching-wise, he's ever had. He was on it with the adjustments. I love him talking in the media and making sure that people give his team his, their respect. And they back it up. Going off on people, he's super harsh. He's honest. He's intense. Um, but just from a pure like in-game strategy, coaching perspective, I thought that was his best series as a coach. It is eight, nine years on the Nuggets. His adjustments were great. They, he felt like he, he definitely outcoached Ham. And Ham is a good coach. He's been good throughout the whole playoffs. It's not like Ham was bad. But Malone outcoached him. And the biggest thing, this seems so simple. It's something so simple. But you look like with Missoula. And the biggest key to the Nuggets, they were down 15 at the half last night. Perfect example. And in the games, he always knows when to call a timeout. He never lets it get completely out of hand. When things go are going really bad, he always he doesn't let it bleed too much. His timeouts are the right time, and they always are better out of his timeouts. Uh, so that was honestly, I just have to give props to Mike Malone because as a fan, I've always liked him. I thought he was tough and everything. But I've had his my questions about some of his in-game stuff. That was his best series as a coach. Yeah, that was it was really impressive. I mean, it definitely wasn't as much of a circus act that compared to Spolstra, what he's doing to Missoula. But it was still a great display for sure, you know? So, credit to him. Uh, I mean, I mean, you guys got you even got the bench rolling and stuff. I mean, you sure. haven't even mentioned what was your favorite bench player after all this. You didn't oh, even come on, Cole Brown though. Bruce Brown was awesome. He was what a great pickup Bruce Brown was to sign him. He, I mean, he clearly learned how to play in the playoffs from those Nets teams that he was on. And he was awesome. Bruce Brown was so good. And Jokic just makes everyone so much better. And so all the role guys, because they get they get such good looks because of Jokic. The team the role guys on other teams just don't get. And and they were awesome. They hit their shots and they they were excellent. Yeah, Jeff Green was actually looking Jeff Green was actually looking like he was getting valuable minutes out there because of oh, yeah. the looks he was getting. Yeah, no, KCP KCP's a starter, but KCP, that was a huge pickup too. They need every piece. That's the thing about this team. Like, everyone was important. They they wouldn't have won this series without without Bruce Brown or KCP or Porter or Gordon. Gordon's obviously super important because he has to guard the best player pretty much every game. He's going to have to guard Jimmy Butler in the next round probably. So, like – Him and Murray, yeah. It's uh, It was awesome to see. Very uh, great. So, yeah, man. The, the all the role guys have stepped up. It, it's been great. Porter, Porter, I think, has improved so much since the bubble. It's great too, just to see the guys since the bubble. Murray, I thought was awesome. I don't know if you saw after the game last night in the press conference, he was talking about it and like he thanked and credited like Paul Millsap and Gary Harris. Um, oh, dude! All those guys that were there. Paul Millsap is the biggest one too because he was like the veteran who came in when they were all when Jokic and Murray 
and these guys were all super young. Porter was a kid. Uh, yeah, he was his boy too, wasn't he? Yeah, sorry. Who was his boy? Gary Harris. Yeah, yeah. Gary. Like they were always seeing all the pictures of them, you know, being boys, you know, best boys and yeah, all that. Gary, Gary was the same draft as Jokic. So, like, he was there the whole time Jokic was. Um, and it, and the thing, Gary Harris, too, you could argue maybe he's more important because his big contribution was they had to give him up to get Aaron Gordon, which they needed. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah, that was cool to see him thank those guys. And Murray, man, what a great story Murray was. Jokic was awesome the whole series. He was everything he has been all year and all playoffs. He was even the, the games where he even the games where he wasn't at his best. He still made huge passes and set screens. He's offensively just it's incredible. Those two, the Murray moments were what swung the series. Um because and Colin said this today, and I don't know if you would agree with this, but I think it is pretty true. The the kind of almost deciding factor knife in the chest moment was that game two by Murray where the Lakers are up the whole game. Everything that everyone was saying after game one and the comeback the Lakers had was kind of coming true. They were playing such great defense. Everyone was cold. They were looking like the better team. Jamal Murray's been awful. He's three for 15. And that was like the moment in his career because he's three for 15. You're about to potentially lose that game and go to LA with a split, which is a disaster. And you're coming back a little bit. And in a three minutes, not even a three minute stretch, the Lakers have been playing so hard doing all this LeBron AD, giving all their effort defensively. And in three minutes, one guy goes boom, three, boom, three hits a jump shot. And it's a 10 point lead. The Nuggets win. And that to me feels like that kind of crippled the Lakers after that moment. Like, the Lakers just kind of felt gassed and, like, they came unwound down the stretch of some of these games. And I feel like that was kind of the moment where the Nuggets were like, we're not losing this. We're better than you. And it that was huge. So that was incredible by my Yeah. I mean, I agree with you, Colby, and I guess Colin on this one. But the key thing about that is, is when you said it like that, boom, three, boom, three, boom, three. I've heard that before. I think it might have been in the bubble. You know, when they were playing against Utah and he had that same type of moment against Donovan Mitchell, you know, except for Mitchell was responding. But guess what? So was Murray. And it was just boom, threes, threes, threes. You know, it was just like I think that was for me, that was the real moment when Murray came out and that was in the bubble. Murray's back. If you wanted to say that, what game do we uh, say Murray has finally came back? I probably would have to point to. Probably the previous series, honestly. Who do you guys even play last series? Phoenix, yeah. Now, he had some really good moments in the Phoenix. but he Yeah, was, I was about to say, I feel like it would be them because you got a Devin Booker matchups and everything. I definitely would be more toward that series because, you know, Wolves and everything. No one's going to take you seriously if I sit the Wolves. So, Phoenix was what everyone thought would be a true test. And I think he came up and made that test a little bit more easier. Remember, we came on here and said – you know, even during the Wolf series, actually, like Murray showing up and helping out and you guys closing out the Wolves quickly gives you more confidence in your team's death, you know, because of Jamal Murray stepping up slowly and he was getting his progression back. Showed up during the Suns, and now you have more confidence, you know, just in general on your team now. So for me, I think it was a little bit more sooner, but that moment was critical. I will agree with that because it was just like, it was just one of those moments where, like, I guess for people that didn't pay attention to the Nuggets like we have, Cole. Yeah. 
that was their probably wake up call to him for sure. Yeah, no, that that definitely was. Um, and Murray Murray has been so awesome. And he the Lakers. The thing is, like you were right, he was great in the Phoenix series, but they he had to be great for them to win this Lakers series because even though Jokic was still dominant against the Lakers, like Phoenix just had no one to throw at Jokic. Jokic was just unbelievable that whole series because the Lakers actually could throw a little bit, definitely much better defense at him. Um, and so they needed Murray to do exactly what he did, and he delivered. Um, I do think, as you said, we've obviously been on the Nuggets forever because of me, and you're obviously in there, Colorado. We have great respect for him. Um, for anyone, though, that has acted, like, surprised by this Nuggets run, and one of the reasons I felt, like, pretty confident, I'm even surprised they swept the Lakers, but I didn't think it would be a sweep. Um, I said five. <laughs> it's crazy to think about it because they've been together so long, Jalen, but – Murray and Jokic, this is only their third postseason that they've played together because Murray missed two playoffs in a row with injuries. The first mm. time they were ever in the playoffs, they're kids. They're, I think, losing game seven in the second round by four points. First ever playoffs together, couple shots away from the conference finals. Second ever playoffs together, they bubble, come back from 3-1 twice, go to the conference finals, get beaten and beaten down by the Lakers, who were a much better team at that time. Then he gets hurt. Third playoffs together, they're in the finals and chance a real chance to win it. So it's not like they haven't been. That's why everyone, the narrative that Jokic is bad in the playoffs frustrated me so much. They're like, people were, Colin, who called him the best player in the world today. I don't want to just keep talking about him, but I just thought it was funny. Oh, he just shifted so fast. Yeah, he's calling him the best player in the world, which I agree with how much he loves, He's how great Jokic is. And he's been on it for a couple months, like how bad he said he should have won MVP and all that. But I was just thinking about a year ago, Colin was killing him and saying he didn't galvanize his teammates because he couldn't beat the Warriors with Faku Campazo and Will Barton. <laughs> yeah, exactly my point, man. He, sh- <laughs> he switched up pretty quick. He did. Like a lot of people, and that's, you know what? I'm glad that you bring up Colin Colby because we mentioned at the beginning of this how disgusting the media has been these last couple of days. I mean, I'm at week actually. This week we've been off, and folks, I hope, uh, our small number of fans got to see how disgusting the media is towards our our precious nugs, small market teams. How about <laughs> that? Just towards small market teams. Because, I mean, we just, both of us are fans. Let's just take the Southside of Sports and baseball. Our teams, are, we're, we're finally getting some love outside of that realm. So it's crazy, man. And then just for the market, for these guys, just uh, ESPN, for them to be going from one way to another. Like, for example, for me, it was freaking Stephen a and jj i mean today they just oh, completely yeah, switched up on it like all of a sudden this praise comes in for jokic what these guys were just rooting and tooting for the lakers i mean i'll give uh, even though Woj has been disgusting when he was on there today and he was like still giving the lakers the loving that they should never get <laughs> but i just think and then I respect that at least he stuck with it. He stuck with his take. I respect that. And like these guys just completely switched up. So I but, what you said about and I'll let you keep going. Sorry. I was just gonna say Stephen A, I do give credit though. He has always said, like he has said for a while that Jokic is like arguably the best player in the world. Like he does has been a big Jokic guy. Um, even though they obviously only talk Lakers, but he has said that about you. Yeah, it's not fair. It just it's just not fair, man. But now, like we said, they get a whole nine days of just talking about the Nuggets, and they're going to force their way out of it. Like right now, I'm looking at NBA. The TNT pregame show had Steph Curry on the show. (laughs) 
So yeah, that's just uh that's just how things boiled down, man. And my thoughts on the Nuggets, obviously, I love it. I'm impressed, but you gotta see what they can do. One more series, man. Four more. Oh, that's disappointing. Seeing the Knights up 3-0. <laughs> yeah, so the Heat. No, I I agree with you. We'll finish this up, but I do I do love the Nuggets, and obviously, and this is gonna be a fun finals for everyone. People that cry about ratings on Twitter are so stupid. Like, yeah, maybe. Oh, this is still gonna get ratings. But yeah, this is still gonna get ratings because it's gonna be my argument. But back remember that uh, November twenty twenty one game where Jokic yeah. got got elbowed. Mar- Mar- everyone's putting it up on media now, but yeah. it was a great <laughs> reminder. You know, like these guys don't actually with each other. These guys don't like each other. I don't. <laughs> they're going to play physical ball. I think both teams are going to play pretty physical and great coaching matchups, man. It's going to be cool. I, I'm, I'm all for it. I think this is going to be an amazing finals. Obvious, very biased in my opinion, but oh, totally. I'm obviously a bystander living in a state that's involved in it. So I'm just all for it. <laughs> no, me too. I don't think Morris is still on the heat is the only thing. But, but yeah, yeah good riddance. I, I didn't like any of the Morris but brothers. Yeah, there is some bad blood, so that's going to make it interesting. This is going to be such a fun series. Um, okay. So before we finish up here, as we ran into our last few segments here, the other big NBA thing that was a while ago last week, but we haven't, we've been on our hiatus, the San Antonio Spurs, the, the aforementioned San Antonio Spurs, they win the Wembenyama sweepstakes they wind up with the lottery ball. I felt so bad for the Pistons, who were the worst team all year, and fell down to fifth. <laughs> that, that was brutal. To watch. Um, but the Spurs win the lottery. It was down to them, Charlotte and Portland at the end. I personally didn't want them to go to the Spurs, but it's better than, like, Washington or something. They are a well-run organization. The only reason I didn't want them to go there is just because I still feel like the rest of that team is pretty far away. And they do have cap space, so maybe they'll make moves. But what was just your reaction to Wemby? The Spurs landing him. They win the year-long tank off. Uh, I'm looking at our uh, Wemby Hunt teams that we had. I think we had uh, – you had Portland getting a good ball. So, I'll at least give you credit for that. You know, you got at least some part of that. But besides that, man, um, he lands on, like you said, small market, well-run franchise. France loves the Spurs because of Parker. Um it's just the argument for me, what I said in the group for our, one of my group chats was what is this, is this as rigged as the NHLs, you know, when they send their superstar to Chicago, it almost feels like it, but no, no. Oh, disagree with that. Really? Not necessarily. Like, I don't know that they would rig it for him to go to the Spurs. Maybe. Yeah. It makes sense. Cause they're a well-run organization, but. Brian Windhorst said on Rich Eisen's show, like right before, in the days before the lottery, which is totally correct, the lottery rigged stuff, that ended uh, the Zion lottery when he was talking about it. And he said, they're going to break Zion and John Morant, these two hyped up prospects. And the four teams left are the Knicks, Lakers, Grizzlies, and Pelicans. And New Orleans and Memphis got the first two picks. He said that was the night that all conspiracies died. And I do feel like that's true. So I don't think this was rigged. Oh, man. I don't know. Which one of those? All right. Tell me who was the third pick and which one of those three guys right now uh, seemed to be the better option. Yeah, but no one would have ever believed that then. 
Hey, <laughs> Colby, who's that third pick? You've been hyping him up. No, I love R.J. Barrett. And yeah, yes, sir. Right now, I mean, he's at least, you know, he's going to be out there playing basketball. That's just more that Zion and R.J.'s careers have gone in, or John, uh, Zion's careers have gone into dark and weird places. But yeah, I mean, R.J.'s a good player. I like R.J. Barrett. It's turned out to be the best pick of that draft, man. Kind of right. turns out to be rigged if you think oh. about it. You think about it, you know, the New oh. York still got their big superstar. Well, no, I'm just kidding. He's not a superstar. He is a player, though. He is definitely a dude. A dude. On the team, for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, Wemby so, on the Spurs, I don't know, man. We'll so, wait. To- you sitting Wemby on the Spurs. Let's make it interesting. What are the other guys? You know, you got Scoot, right? That's the other big name, Scoot Henderson. Who's yeah, going to Henderson. Portland got the number two or was it the Charlotte oh, again? So it's interesting. So yeah, okay. I'm glad you brought that up. So I have I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you and say I've been read a super ton about the rest of this draft class. I know generally who all the top guys are. Um because I have yeah, no closer. I usually unlike with NFL where I follow for months, NBA draft, you know, it's right after the season. So I usually just do some cramming in the day, the like weeks leading up to it. Um, but yeah, so the draft really, the Charlotte Hornets decision at two is interesting because the two and three, it's obviously Wemby's the one obvious number of great prospect. And then the two and three guys are head and shoulders above everyone else. It's not like three, four guys are going to be in the conversation for those picks. It's going to be Scoot Henderson, point guard in the G League, awesome player, and uh, Brandon Miller, who assisted in a murder for Alabama. But, you know, he didn't know that much, they say. He's still an awesome prospect because he's. <laughs> Great guy, great shooting ability. He's a wing. And people are kind of torn on it. It's interesting because I do feel like Scoot is probably the better prospect. He's been hyped up all year as the number two guy. Um, but Charlotte has Lamella and they play the same position. Could they play together? Maybe. Do you take Brandon Miller after you already have Miles Bridges, who has some, uh, let's say, character concerns about him? It seems like most teams aren't worried about the Brandon Miller thing. They think it's just like someone that made a mistake and he didn't know what was going to happen. Whatever, you know, it's not a great sign, but he is a really good prospect. So, yeah, those are that's the two three conversation, and the Portland's at three. And that's fascinating for Portland because if, if Charlotte takes Miller, assuming Portland doesn't trade the pick before then, like if Scoot Henderson is there, you probably really have to think about trading Dame at that point. You're not going to pass up on because Scoot Henderson at that point is clearly the best prospect. He plays the same position as Dame, you already have Shaden Sharp. At that point, as much as you love Dave, you say, screw it. We need to reboot around and let Scoot run the show. That is going to be fascinating at two and three. And guess what? Dame would be – he still brings value, I feel like, to the market. I oh, think, yeah. Yeah, oh, I think yeah. there's oh. a huge market. You can get a huge haul for him. You just the, – the risky thing is you're betting on this young kid in Scoot Henderson. That's the thing. You, you're, you will be going all in on this rebuild and saying that Scoot is the answer. Which I don't know if Portland has the balls to make that move yet. The thing about that is like, and I've said this on this show before, but the Dame forcing his way out thing, it feels bad to say because I, we have, like everyone, I think you and I both love how loyal he's been to Portland, small market, and all that. Oh, yeah. But it makes Portland should trade it. They're not going to get anyone that's going to make them a contender with Dame. It's sad, but you missed your opportunity. Like, it's better for Portland, I think, to trade him and just fully reboot it. So that would be fascinating if that happens. That is crazy, man. That is crazy. 
the rest of the draft, there are those twins, the uh, the Thompson twins. They're interesting. There's two guards. That's going to be a fascinating story. Um, You got the kid from Houston whose name I'm blanking on, who's like an athletic power forward. I like him a lot. He's, I think he's solid. Um, Cam Whitmore from Villanova is a really nice prospect. He's another kind of shooting, scoring type wing. And then there's a point guard, the point guard from Arkansas, whose name I'm black, dr- blanking on. Um, he's a really high prospect. I think it's something black is his last name. Um, I apologize. I'm going to get this in a second. But he he's also an interesting prospect and a really nice player. Yeah, I mean, I've, there's always some interesting guys out, out there. Excuse me. Um, it's just, you know, we got – we're playoff teams now, Colby. We don't invest that much into the into the draft as much as we used to. You know, Anthony Black, Anthony Black from Arkansas is the guy I was thinking of, and Jerry's Jerris Walker from Houston. Keep scrolling down. Let's see if we can find some guys we've heard through the tournament real quick while we're here, no. right? Brady while we're here, Kansas. Brady Dick from Kansas will go. Keegan Murray's brother about to uh, about to get picked as well in the later round. Uh, that's gonna be cool. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, so the top guys, like I said, after the to- those big three, it's the Thompson Twins, it's Ke- Anthony Black, Jarius Wa- Walker. This guy has – I don't this is kind of a weird board. Whitmore. Yeah, it is weird, yeah. Johnson, George, this is probably the highest I've seen him on people's board. Taylor Hendricks from UCF, people like him. Brady Dick. After that, I don't know that much about the rest of these guys. I was about to say, I don't know much of these names. I've seen uh, Grady. I've seen – We'll get into it. Maybe Hawkins, actually – heard of hawkins like, look how he's pretty low so yeah but, yeah the spurs man, him going to the spurs he's just going to be going into a play a team with nothingness right now who is, who is he going to have to work with at the moment so, Colby? they got some young guys you have the spurs roster to pull up real quick for yeah, us let's, yeah. let's see what Wimby has to work with since we were talking about these young prospects and everything and rip the pistons they have to go through Whatever we already were just looking at that list. It looks like it's gonna be slim pickings by the time he even hits number five. So, so looks yeah, looks like they're gonna have to wait for next year's overhyped prospect to come well, into their. Well, some, that's I mean I don't want to say that because definitely some of those guys will be really good players just because we haven't read up a ton about them. Like some of those guys are gonna be really nice pieces. It's not like if the Pistons continue to draft, which I feel like Troy Weaver's drafted pretty well there. Um. Like, there are going to be players. So, I still think they can get someone good. It's just they're not going to get, like, a guaranteed top prospect thing. But it's not like they can't get a real piece. I just clicked on the Pistons roster because we're talking about them. (laughs) Poor guys. No, it's all right, Colby. It's rough over there. I understand why you want to keep talking about them. It's rough over there. Spurs, I can tell you, they have Jeremy Shohan from uh, Baylor, who's a really nice – he'll be a nice defensive power forward. He's a nice defensive player. He's pretty versatile. He's not a scorer. He's not going to be your the guy that just colors his hair crazy and tries to be like the next Rodman, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. Like him and Wembenyama, the defensive potential is already there. So that's something. Kelvin oh, still got killed in Johnson. Yeah, he's their best player. He's like a yeah. solid scoring combo forward. They love have it. Trey Jones, Tyus Jones' little brother. He's, you know, he's fine. I don't love him as the starting point guard, but he's a guy. Yeah, yeah. Devontae, uh, or no, the, I think they got, do they still have Devontae Graham? They have Devin Vassell. He he's a nice piece. They drafted a couple years ago from Florida State. Again, not like a great player, but a nice shooter, two way wing. He'll be a nice complimentary piece. Honestly, Keldon Johnson looks like it's all he's coming in with. Yeah, I mean, Coleman and Showman, and that's about it. Did Jacob Portal? Yeah, so they don't even have Devonte Graham anymore. Portal's gone. Yeah. 
Yeah, so they've Doug McDermott. <laughs> um, yeah, I was happy. I'm happy to see Doug on. I'm still happy to see Doug on a team. I'm not gonna lie. And Devin, I'm Devin glad you said something bad. too. Devin I was gonna say bad. something. And okay, he, got, he played 64 games, but he was just filling up that bench. I mean, look at that average 20 minutes. That's a that's a solid bench player right there. And Vassell was hurt this year too. He only played 38 games, so that's something. He'll probably he's super young still, so I'm sure he'll improve. So they have a few pieces. Um, but yeah, this roster still feels pretty far away from me. They have a ton of cap space though. So maybe they're like, screw it. We got Wemby. Let's get some good players right away. Um, that's going to be interesting to see if they do that. That's kind of why I want him to go somewhere. I kind of just want him to go somewhere where they already had some really nice pieces in place. I mean, they have some guys, but this, this rest of this team is a long way off. It's the only thing, but Wemby, if he's as amazing as everyone says, it's probably not going to matter too much. Yeah. It's not going to take long to draw in attention to play with him. So some guys are going to want to play with the kid. And they know that the San Antonio Spurs are a great organization. So it's well known, at least for our generation of players. If I were them, yeah. Like, would they try to get Fred Van Fleet or something like that? I, I would be very interested in that if I was the Spurs. I'd be good. I'd be a pretty interesting uh, move. Championship level veteran guard to go with Wemby. That would be kind of cool. That's kind of what I was thinking if someone – they should go after this summer because it's not. It's also not a great free agent class, but there's some solid players out there. Yeah, I don't like to think about free agency right now because people like to say Cat needs to become a Nick. Um, I don't know. I feel like that. all that talk needs to save be saved for after the postseason, right, Colby? Like now, it's about now we're talking about you know real basketball, and you know we know that Wendy's happening. That's why we're talking about it because it's kind of real basketball. But I do no, I mean, I agree with you on that. Although, just because of this weird sweep situation, there is going to be like a week with no basketball going into the finals. It's weird that they're going to get a full week off both teams. Um, baseball, <laughs> so we'll have plenty of time to get into that. Um, you want to finish up with I was going to say we could spend more in depth on it, but let's kind of make it a sort of a rapid fire segment here. Not, Ooh, so I love that. To kind of wrap up, if you like this, you ready? Ready. All right, so what we're going to do here, we talked about it a little bit before, but we're just going to kind of to wrap up on NBA, go through some of these teams that got bounced in the second round, and just kind of briefly, let's talk about their moves. We're not going to spend a ton of time on each team. Um, we'll rock out the rest of this meeting. we still got some time, but and the teams that got bounced second round, Boston, we already talked about them, and the Lakers. So the other teams that went out second round that we didn't get to spend a ton of time on, I feel like we have to start with Philly. So Embiid wins the MVP. You're up 3-2 on Boston, and it all goes downhill again. And tell me if you've heard this before, the Sixers fell apart in Game 7 in the second round, and they still haven't gotten past the second round. Harden is now a free agent. There's rumors he might get a $200 million contract, which seems crazy. I don't know who's going to give him that, but we'll see. If you're the Sixers, Jalen, you already fired Doc Rivers, which I think is the right call, probably. Embiid, I mean, who knows? He kind of fell apart down the stretch, but he's still a great player. Maxi looks like an awesome piece. The Harden thing is the question. So if you're the Sixers, we'll see if Harden even wants to be there. Would you bring Harden back, or what do you think the Sixers should be trying to do this offseason? I mean, hey, if Harden wants to walk, let him walk, right? Like, if that's what he wants to do, let him do it. I mean, if Houston's really that crazy, to let him to take him back. Take him, you know? Go ahead. Do what you got to do. Um. Honestly, 
I've heard talks of how they might consider just blowing it all up in general and saying, I kind of like the idea of probably maybe hard resetting, even including Joel, but I know that sounds like blasphemy, but at the same time, we've seen the same result over and over, different coaches now. I just, I, you gotta get, I mean, I know Philly, you you probably don't want to hear it, but and go through this whole thing again, but the process, I don't think it, I mean, you got the MVP, sure, but I feel like you're just going to keep dragging this thing along at this rate. That's how I feel. So. That's interesting. I, yeah, I mean, I don't hate that because at this point, the thing with Embiid too, he's now 30, he's had injuries. He's obviously great. And I, I doubt they would do this. I'm sure they'll try to continue to build around him and Maxi. That's probably what I would do. I probably wouldn't give up on it just yet. But I don't hate the idea of, look, you may have hit the ceiling with this. So get a haul for Embiid before, especially if you're worried maybe he forces his way out if things keep going like this. And just start over, build with Maxi, who's still really young, and some other pieces. I'd probably, I agree with you, I would not sign Harden back. I, even if we wanted to be there, I wouldn't really want him. i try to use the cap space elsewhere. Try to move off Tobias Harris when you can. I don't hate, similar to, as we've said, with Brown and Tatum, just like kind of rebooting everything around Embiid and Maxi and seeing what you can do, what your options are. But yeah, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't have it off the table trading Embiid, which I think could be fascinating if they did that. Yeah, it would be very fascinating. Shoot, it would be the talk of whatever summer it happens, you know? Uh, <clears throat> and that's the thing. They do have some good young players, you know, that they could turn around and start putting some attention to finally. But at the same time, Joel is polarizing player. And it's just crazy. I mean, his market would be insane, but I would like to trans I would like to transition off to the other Eastern teams since we're talking about them. And that's the Knicks. Um Julius Randle, I think, is gonna be more certain to be out the door than uh Joel will be. So what are your thoughts on how the Knicks have to handle their offseason, Cole? Yeah, so the Knicks are fascinating. Um, I think they're overall in a pretty good spot because they do have a lot of assets. They have some really nice players. Brunson is the guy. You're keeping Brunson as one of your two main pieces. I don't know if he can be your one on a championship team, but he can definitely be your two at this point with what you saw from this year. He's the floor general. So I do think everyone, as I've said, always has talked about, all oh, the Knicks, every time there's a star available – now they're actually a pretty attractive destination, I think, other than Thibodeau making you play the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> but they're in position to try to swing for someone like Embiid. I don't know if that would happen. That's probably unlikely because it's Philly. But, yeah, I mean, you're probably moving Randall if you can. I would try to make a swing to try to get a star or if someone comes disgruntled or even if it's not like a superstar but just like a really solid high-level player who's available – not Zach Levine, but like <laughs> on someone of that kind of caliber. I don't hate that. Like, that's probably what I'd be looking to do. Like, I think if the Knicks can get a guy like that, they have the assets to do it. They have really nice role players. I like RJ Barrett. So whether you're keeping him as a piece or he's included in whatever deal you make, they're probably going to try to move Randall. I think they're overall in a good spot and they're now really just going to be Kind of wait, lying in wait, see if any disgruntled stars come available. That's what I do. Other than that, if there's no one available, I make minor tweaks, probably try to move Randall and see what we can do and just reboot it around Brunson. 
Now you're ready, Cole. Who's in a better spot, the Sixers or the Knicks? The Knicks. I think it is the Knicks, which is crazy to say. I would have not said that yeah. going into the year, but I would say the Knicks. I agree. I agree. Well, we got two Western teams, Cole. I'm going to go ahead and keep on moving along. Yeah. Uh, Warriors and Suns, both two of the overhyped teams. Um, which one do you want to pick at first? <laughs> well, let's just do the Suns because I feel like the Suns is pretty simple. Um, and we can end with the demise of the Warriors on the day the Nuggets rise. That'll be beautiful. Um, the oh, Suns, to me, you're trying to trade Aiden. I don't know if you're going to find anyone who wants Aiden at this point. Uh, I don't think his value is exactly very high. Could have traded him, like we said, you know, way back when. Yeah, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Even if you have to trade him for 50 cents on the dollar, the Suns move Booker and Durant are awesome. As you said, they, I mean, they've gave the Nuggets two games. If the Nuggets wind up winning the championship, they're like, hey, if we would have had better bench players, I mean, who knows? So their move is try to trade Aiton and probably Chris Paul at this point, who's old and falling apart. I don't know, again, how much value either of those guys have. But see if you can just turn them into a couple bench pieces. And then with probably not have a ton of cap space, but with whatever cap you got left, try to sign some role players. To them, it's just you got Durant and Booker. It's just I would try to shake Paul and Aiden if you can and just get better role players around him. If you do that, I think you'll be absolutely one of the title front runners next year. I mean, it's going to be interesting. They have to do a lot of shopping and dealing this offseason for them to even get me more confident. They obviously got the two guys that make me obviously say these guys are probably going to be in the playoffs no matter what, as long as they play half the regular season probably and just win those games. But, dude, these it's it's still the Chris Paul effect in the playoffs, man. How are you going to address this to this guy? Like, how are you going to? Are you just going to keep minimizing his role until he's like Udonis? Like, are you just going to let him just ride and just hopefully semi-coach the team? Is he going to coach the team because they got rid of Monty? And that's the key thing here, too. They got rid of Monty after all this. Uh, it's it's wild, wild over there, man. And the West is no joke. I mean, shoot, you just saw the Lakers, they scrounged up a team on the last minute from the trade deadline and made it to the conference finals. <laughs> like, like what? I agree with that. I fully expect Sacramento to be better. Memphis, we'll see what happens there. I expect the Wolves to be better. And yeah, hopefully do something and address this goddamn Rudy issue. Or else nope. I don't expect Finch to be back. You but that's that. neither here or there. That's another time. But back to the Suns, they just... It baffled me, first of all. Yes, the Nuggets were the better team. And I'm, I have the Nuggets winning that series because I was ranting about how the death of the Suns killed him. Yeah. This move looked like a like a bonzo move in hindsight, I guess, maybe, just because of the death issue. But I'm with you right there, Colby. This It's still going to look – it looks sweet next season for the Suns. You have KD and Booker still. I mean, shoot, you guys can technically – they're technically in the Kyrie sweepstakes as well. So, it's not the end of the world for him, man. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, the Chris Paul thing you mentioned, could, would someone eventually want Chris Paul as a coach would be interesting to see too. I, I could see a young team trying to maybe get Chris Paul to like be a mentor or something. Um, 
the Rockets, maybe Ime Udoka, teach Jalen Green and those kids how to how to play winning basketball. That could be what fun. he's there with James Harden to just make well, sure no, the, well, counteract, the counteract the counteract, the counteract uh, strip club teaching. Don't get James Harden. <laughs> Him and James Harden, no way. But like, if you don't get Harden, that would be kind of fun. I don't know. We'll see. The, the Suns. I think the Suns aren't in too bad a spot. Although the only downside, like we've said, I just don't know what kind of value their pieces have that they're going to trade. <laughs> yeah. Well, All I right. Mean, all right. Here we go, Colby. Sorry, you have one more thing you want to say on the Suns? No. It's time we talk about the fun. And the other team that we actually didn't get to pick fun at this much on this episode. It's time to talk fun about the Warriors, Colby. I'll let you have at it. Yeah, so a year after winning the title, the they were bad on the road. They broke everyone's hearts and beat our favorite story of the season, the Sacramento Kings, this podcast, which called the Kings were going to have a nice year. Even we didn't think it would be that good. Um, I was heartbroken. And then the Lakers kind of stomped them out. Clearly the Draymond Poole punch was chemistry problems. Jordan Poole was regressed horribly this year. I don't know if you completely give up on him. I don't think he works really with this team. So you probably try to trade him. While his value is definitely lower than it would have been last year, I still think someone will take a chance on him because he has shooting scoring ability. But yeah, man, uh, the Curry's obviously still great. And Draymond is still pretty good defensively, although I don't know how much longer Draymond's going to be effective and there's so much nonsense that comes with it. Clay has fallen off cliffs. So I don't know what you do there. I don't they're I don't think they would trade Clay, but you can't give him another big contract. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think it's really Obviously, they're not going to get rid of Curry. I think everyone else is pretty on the table. I wouldn't be surprised if Draymond's not on the team next year. I don't know how much longer Clay's going to be around. I think a, a hard reset around Curry would be fascinating. I think it would be best, but I don't think they're going to do it, man. I think what Kerr said the end of, at the end of the series, it sounded like they're going to try and bring back the whole crew and just try and retool around those three again. You know, I mean, think about it. They didn't have a real center. They they didn't really have a – when they did try to have a real center, may I add, it was in James Wiseman who just didn't pan out at that time. Um, he still has potential up in Detroit. We'll see how that boils down for him. But it's – they struck out on the big man scene, and they were playing small ball all throughout the playoffs. It somehow got them past the, the Kings, unfortunately. Um, and they – they got checked pretty much by Anthony Davis and LeBron. So my thing is, I think they just need to, I'm with you, Colby, on reshopping around Curry, but I think, I think Poole is definitely not the answer. You got to see if someone can take Poole's contract so that way you can reshop this team around him. Uh, the painful thing is you probably would probably, I would say keep Wiggins. I, I would love to see the Warriors keep Wiggins, man. Oh yeah, I'd probably keep Wiggins. I would love to see him keep Wiggins. I think he's become a great, I think he's become almost the next step to what Draymond was. I think he's just a lot more athletic. If he can be more defensive, if he can work on his defense game next season, then they would have no reason to keep Draymond. So I think, I think Wiggins would be a key transition piece, but I feel like also trading, uh, pool. I would think it was cool that they got back Gary Payton. I guess give him another try. But Kaminga, dude, that Kaminga dude, and uh, let's see who's the other guy. Hang on, I'm trying to remember. Looney Tunes. I gotta, I think it's uh, I respect the guys, but one of them's gotta go, and you gotta choose which one to stay and which one has to go. 
Yeah, that's and they both have been played very great minutes for the for the Warriors. I think it's the worst part, so that would be a tough departure for them. But that's what a role player is. At the end of the day, he'll get some valuable minutes somewhere else. Yeah, they have no. They got to get a. I think probably got to try to find a better, more dynamic big as well. Yeah, that would be an interesting, maybe like Julius. Not Aiden, but like maybe maybe Julius Randall. I don't know. I kind of doubt that. Eight nor Randall would be probably pretty good. I feel like just not about eight, something like that. I mean, as long as it's not cat. I mean, if it's cat, that's three shooters on the line, and we're just um, I even I would just be like, screw the NBA, I'm done with this shit now. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I, I'd probably just put up the white flag at that point. I'd be like, God damn, <laughs> like at this point, I'd just be like, I'm done. I'm done. But it'd be a trade like the Wolves get. Carl Anthony, the Wolves will get D'Angelo Russell back in a three-team trade, and Cat goes to the Warriors. Oh, and God. the Wolves give up their number one, their their first round. No, but, no. Um, the Wolves, the Wolves, will hopefully have learned some lessons. Hopefully, but uh, Colby, I'm looking at our clock here. I know you <laughs> probably have a lot more takes to share about the Warriors, but it's time. It looks like as we hit the two-minute warning for our final thoughts. Go ahead and take the floor. All right, well, I'm just going to keep on my all-time bias hype train. Um, since we talked all basketball, I I pretty much gave long spews about the Nuggets. I'll let's go to my other team, the Steelers. I'm very excited in this offseason. I think Kenny Pickett is really going to have a pop year, man. Everything you're hearing, the leadership, he's put on a bunch of muscle. He's a grinder. I love everything about his personality. Mitch Trubisky got re-signed an extension. Said he's going here to support Kenny. He wants to see because everyone loves Kenny Pickett, man. You hear the other players talk about him. He's a, I don't know. We'll see what his ceiling is as a player. He's a great leader. Checks all the boxes as far as the intangible stuff, which is a great sign. Very excited to see what Pickett looks like in year two. Love that. Mike Tomlin, he was on Rich Eisen's show. He was hyping up Pickett. And the Steelers just been in the media these last couple of weeks. Love that take. Um, For me, my final thought is. How about them? O's again still. I know it's been very repetitive, folks, but those O's just keep impressing me over and over and over again. Last time I think we talked, Colby, I promised that we'd have a better uh, series with our Pirates versus the O's. That just didn't happen. The O's did take care of business. Yeah, the Pirates Um, have really come back down to earth. (laughs) <laughs> a little bit, but hey, they are still the second in their division. So, hey, you still got some quality. It's still early, though. That's the fun thing about it. And the best thing about this, Colby, is the Nugs are in the finals, and that will always be some good stuff. As you said, that's going to be some very, very good stuff. Thank you for listening to the CJJC Show. Whenever you want more biased takes, go on over to our social media pages, Spotify, or wherever you can probably find a podcast, if we have it up. And if we do, thank you for following us on social media. And besides that, have a good one, y'all.